0: Welcome to the Speakeasy, Mixing Passions, established in 2023. This is your host, Brian Bailey. Pull up a stool and join me for Happy Hour. These shows were created to help fill the knowledge gap, make us much better whiskey connoisseurs and enthusiasts, and better golfers too. Sit back and enjoy Happy Hour. Welcome, Speakeasy Nation. This is Brian Bailey here, bringing you a new episode of. The Speakeasy Happy Hour, and we have a special guest with us, Gareth McShay, coming all the way from Dublin, Ireland. I figured if we're going to do an Irish series, we might as well bring in Authentic. Uh, Mark Sweeney said he's authentic, but I just didn't, again, quite believe he's 100% Irish, so we went ahead with uh, Gareth McShay, that I know is really close to being 100% Irish. So, Gareth, how are you doing?
1: Yeah, Brian, I've never done the old genealogy test, so God knows what I am. I mean, (laughs) it's... It's certainly mongrel of some description, but uh, we're for all mongrels of this episode. <laughs> let's go, let's go with you know largely Irish from Donegal. Uh, yeah, looking looking forward to what's going to be an interesting little experience for the next few minutes or whatever duration we last,
0: <laughs> <laughs> whatever however however long we can stay. Uh, yeah. Before we dive in here too deep, first thing I want to do is I want to thank our first official sponsor, Spider Bracket uh if you check out my instagram page uh you can actually see this spider bracket is a universal laptop bracketing system i'm actually using it right now so i have gareth mcshay and zoom on my uh lens right in front of me the computer screen and i have two screens out on the outside showing me everything i need to know about all the whiskeys we're getting ready to take the beauty of this system is it's easy to set up it's portable you can take it anywhere on the road you can do it at the house And the best thing about it, you have countless combinations. I have actually two screens, an iPhone camera held up, as well as a microphone stand and lighting. So all of this comes in one simple package that ends up in your backpack. So visit spiderbracket.com and join the 21st century, especially if you're some sort of content creator. Uh, So there we go. There's my first official live commercial on air. Good enough. Um, so, so with this, just to kind of give uh, Gareth a little idea, he's coming in. this completely blind. Uh, in our four, basically, our four um, video series that we do each month on different topics. We're in the Irishes. Last week we talked about what was an what makes an Irish an Irish whiskey, kind of some of the rules. And then of course we talked about some rules of golf. Today is a happy hour. It's a little more laid back. We're going to talk about uh, a couple different types of Irish whiskeys. Talk about how they taste and just talk in general about the whiskeys as well as golf and just general nonsense which if you've ever seen Gareth and I on screen general nonsense is will be utmost of importance uh, because that's about all we're good for at least that's what my wife says so uh, without further ado our tastings we did make one change we were gonna do an Irishman but my bottle at the house sprung a leak and I could no longer sample the Irishman because there was a hole in the bottom of the bottle and it was just gone so we're actually going to bring in tealings uh, single grain uh, we're going to do green spot and then the final thing we're going to do is red breast 12 so and then kind of in the pricing structure um, these kind of pyramid uh, tealings usually in the states in the $40 range green spots usually in the $60 range and then Red Breast is 65 to 70, so slightly kind of a progression up. I know in the States we have a good supply of uh, Irish whiskeys, but again, not nearly what um, Gareth McShay has uh, access to. So Gareth, just give us a little, for people that don't know who Gareth McShay is, give us a a real quick overlap of who you are and kind of your understanding of the whiskey game.
1: Well, uh, I don't understand who Garth McShay is either. I mean, it's a question I ask myself every day. But uh, no. what, I, what I currently do, uh, I'm a golf performance coach based in Dublin. Then I do some stuff in different parts of the world, and uh, I just, I just love coaching. I love you know neuro stuff, cognitive sciences, reading, and all but all those things. Uh, and and now you have introduced me to the world of whiskey, and it's much more complex than I would have anticipated. Um, you know, I've referred to in the past just dining it like it's gasoline because the burn comes hard and probably wasn't drinking the best quality stuff in any previous uh, attempts. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm I'm very much in my infancy here in, in, with regard to my journey into the whiskey world, but really enjoying uh, like a lot of things. Like I, I love when I read something that maybe challenges my current beliefs and makes me reconsider stuff, different concepts, theories, ideas, uh, and I'm really enjoying being in introduced to these and pretty much i'm in a world of discovery
0: that's this is the most fun so we are old grizzled golf coaches like yes new technologies come new understandings come but the golf swing hasn't changed much and since since i've been teaching it there's you know there's some new terminology and some new ways to test it but the golf swing is the golf swing so when i came into the whiskey thing i was the same way you know, I drink everything like really fast, down it, kill it. It's, you know, my intention was different than sitting down and enjoying a glass of whiskey. So my intention was elsewhere and thus I drank it differently. But the same kind of thing, I get excited anytime you pour whiskeys in front of me, I get excited for what it's going to taste like. What's the craftsmanship? What's the story? Like, So every glass of whiskey is completely different and it's got its own story. And, And to me, that's, probably the most exciting part. Just like any golf course has its own story. Every hole is a story in itself. Um, So that that concept of these two kind of running together is is really cool. And and for me, the Irish whiskeys are pretty much how I got into whiskey. Um, We did flavored whiskeys. That's like, you know, taking the baby step, putting your foot in the shallow end. And then from that, I went into Irish whiskeys because Irish whiskeys tend to be smoother, tend to be you know a little fruity in flavor a little more vanilla some spices but very smooth uh traditionally lots of malt. um even though the first whiskey we're gonna drink is almost zero malt uh, but traditionally irish whiskeys have tons of malt in them so you kind of get that cereal bread kind of homey flavor to it so for anybody that's just kind of like like i said we're grizzled golf coaches we're still new in the whiskey side so if you are coming into the whiskey side, I think Irishes are a great place to start because they're very friendly. They're very accepting. They're very, again, they do. it is alcohol. It will have some bite, but it's they're friendly opposed to maybe some scotches or some bourbons or some awful Japanese whiskey that we had when you were in the States last time. Uh, some of those are, are less, uh, you know, nice. Now the Canadian we had was super nice. <laughs> so nice that it didn't even taste like we were drinking whiskey. But I, I would say Irish would be a, a slight step up of that. So uh, what we're going to do is we're going to start with the Teeling Single Grain. Uh, this is actually a a tasting bottle that or that uh, Gareth McShay actually brought to me last time here. And if you watched, I think my last episode inside of the Irish, I actually poured this with no idea what it was. Um, so I'm not going to read off what this is because I want Gareth McShay to have no preconceived ideas of what this whiskey is going to taste like, uh, especially as he's new and he has had, you know, good news for him is he has great whiskeys all around him, especially in the Dublin area where tea lean is based. Uh, I want kind of his, his idea of what it tastes like. And then we'll kind of go in through, maybe tell you a little bit of story about tea lean and about the actual whiskey. So, uh, for all those that have never tasted before, we're going to go by the nose. We're going to say, well, what do we smell? Then we're going to go by taste, kind of the front end. What do we taste when it first kind of enters our mouth? And then we're going to kind of talk back end or finish where we're going to say, this is: does it sit on the tongue? Do I get flavors? What kind of happens? So Gareth, with the tea lean what do you smell?
1: First thing I'm getting is uh, spice. Getting spice? I would buy that. Fruit.
0: Now I want you to do me a favor. I want you to just the next one we're going to drink is green spot. The next, just go ahead and smell that one. That to me is a more traditional Irish smell, if you were going to kind of smell a whiskey. And then, and then go back to the teeling and see if you can see if there's a difference.
1: Uh, Green green spot is more... Smoky, woody, um, There's definitely some wine off this. Definitely some wine off this. Uh, yep. There's
0: actually wine off a green spot, if I believe, if I'm correct. But yeah, I would definitely say there's a lot of wine off of this one, and and you nailed that. And again, to me, I don't get a lot of the when I think of a traditional Irish, I think of a lot of malt. So malt is a very distinctive smelling grain. And to me, I don't get malt, which is kind of funny because Irish is typically, the home of the single malt is Ireland, right? Where single malt means it is just malt and water fermented into whiskey. So this one again, I, like I said, I, I threw a real monkey wrench into tasting. So let's go ahead and taste this one. what jumps out at you super smooth super smooth i would agree
1: um what flavor are you picking up any flavors smooth. well it's still spicy but then it kind of switches into her fruity berries yep
0: and I don't get the wine sweetness that I get in the smell. I'm not getting a lot of the wine in the taste. Kind of, we kind of got that grapey, kind of fruity note. I'm not getting a yeah. ton of it in the taste. What are you getting? I definitely get spice. I'm not getting malt at all. And again, and if you watched the episode a couple nights ago. This one freaked me out because I'm expecting to get malt. It's a single grain. So anytime you see single grain, that means it came from a single distiller, and they're using a grain other than malt. which So it was, in, it was actually in the definition, and I didn't really pay attention to it. So single grain typically on an Irish has 30% malt, 70% something else. It could be one grain. It could be multiple grains uh, on average, but they can play with that. Again, as a, as a whiskey maker. So, so to me, I, I'm looking for traditional Irishes. I'm looking for malt. I'm looking for crisp apple. I'm looking for vanilla. And what I actually get is kind of more like, it's more like a bourbon. I'm getting more baking spices, more like a like a nutmeg, cinnamon, cl- like that kind of spice ma- makeup. Not a pepper spice like a rye, but I'm I'm getting kind of that 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 sweets like a, a, a sweet pastry spices and I do get the floral and the grapes on the nose so it tells me there's some sort of wine component that's probably aged in a wine barrel or something but to me again I'm getting much more of a bourbon piece uh, than I am getting a traditional Irish now it's not a bourbon like you know it's it's nowhere near dark enough to be a bourbon uh, age-proof and stuff like that but but kind of that makeup of it is it again it's just different and like I said, I I kind of blew this because a couple nights ago I actually tasted this, um, so I know what it's going to be. But uh, what are your thoughts on any of that? Did that change your profile or
1: what you taste? I am um, I'm beyond pleasantly surprised here. I have to admit, I, I, like I've no <laughs> I've no history with this whiskey, but it, it is it is a really pleasant. It's a really pleasant experience. It's very very nice. Um, doesn't kind of creep up and whack you at some stage it, it's nope. just it's it's very palatable palatable isn't it very much so and let me give you like here's
0: kind of the tea lean uh, write up on the single grain here uh make sure i have it yeah single grain so um a whole unique style of irish whiskey uh pushing the boundaries of convention and introspection when the old meets new so the teeling single grain irish is crafted using unconventional mash bill so your mash bill is what grains they mash together and add water consists of. Here it is: 95% corn, 5% malted barley. Uh, this has been triple distilled and matured exclusively in French oak, ex Cabernet uh, Cabernet Sauvignon red wine cask from California, producing a truly unique Irish whiskey. So this Irish whiskey is not very Irish, right? Corn is our main grain. There is malt. But again, if you think, so to me, this is much more of a corn whiskey than it would be a traditional Irish because there's not a lot of malt. And then you can see that is actually aged and distilled in French oak. That gives you a completely different flavor profile than American oak. Uh, So basically what they say is European oaks tend to be, um, the structure of the wood is very dense. um, So it's harder to, to pull flavors off of it, where the American oak, the white oak is actually the... You know the actual strands of the wood are a little more open and porous, so the whiskey flows in and out. So it it pulls wood flavors much faster from an American oak barrel than a French oak. So therefore, we do get a little bit of oak flavor, but we're not getting overpowered like a an American bourbon. Um, but again, so here's the really cool part, and this is what I this is what I really appreciate about I guess kind of the golden age of whiskey, which we're in, is they're willing to go take risks. Again. I would say 100 years ago, they probably would not have a mash of 95% corn, 5% malt, and we're going to put it in a bunch of different wine barrels. Not the way that traditional whiskey was made, but what what these distillers are doing is they're actually taking chances, uh, going out and, and trying to create new flavors, uh, just kind of a new way to experience whiskey. And to me, like I said, this one freaked me out the other night because I was like, where's the malt? Where's... Where's the Irish? And then when I read that it was actually 95% corn, I was like, huh, this is an Irish interpretation of a finished bourbon or a finished whiskey in the States, which is kind of kind of unique. Yep. How do you see that kind of translate into the golf world? Is, is anything in the golf world, anything near to taking risk and doing things completely different, uh, but, it's, but it providing
1: uh, a great performance or platform, in your opinion. In my extraordinarily humble opinion, uh, oh, no, <laughs> <laughs> I, I I think what we're witnessing there is, is what you would call freestyling in other sports, be it golf, skateboarding, BMX, um, snowboarding, where people go off-piste and, and take the conventional rules and kind of tear up the rule book and, and just experiment with other ways of getting things done. And yeah it's the player who's prepared to say well yes i can swing it this way or sh- but how about i stop thinking about my golf swing maybe hit more shapes and shots and trajectories and and just do it a little bit different and uh, to be fair to teeing, that's not a little bit different that's a lot lot different uh that's that is a lot different, different. Uh, that's going left-handed yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I like i've never tasted the well. it's standing it's standing on your head left-handed <laughs> and, uh, and, and pushing things to to different levels I've, I've got to say I'm I'm pleasantly surprised by that. I thought I well I know I had no idea what yeah. to think because I hadn't had it before but yeah and and it's you well, know you, you just you you spoke a moment ago there Brian about technology and they'll have technology to kind of AI can probably tell them in theory what what should work in terms of making a different whiskey um, but you, you become a you become a wizened old, Master, you you become the yeah you 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 become the master not through doing what normal does or even what on paper works you you become it by doing stuff in theory that doesn't work and then you discover something very new and different that allows you to influence lots of people via whiskey or via golf.
0: No, I agree with you, and I think uh, do me a favor in your sampling with Teeling. There's their single malt. Try that one next. Not on on show. But the next time you sit yep. down, I want you to try, yeah, do the single one, which is the blue one.
1: Try that people, one. One bottle missing right now. Okay? That's right, <laughs> and that's today. Yes, today. By the way, uh, and that's not finished. Look, yes, we are all. It is a certain time of day. We are cognitive of what we're doing. We have a lots of us, So I have um, work. This, I have do. work today. <laughs> I have work today. I do. I have, um, I've got a little more.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah. Just to kind of give you the tasty notes real quick, this is what Teeling would say. Uh, Teeling says that this says, opens with spice and fruit at the nose. Nailed it, Gareth McShea, you're, you're a superstar. Underlined by sweet sugary notes, the palate is silky smooth. Nailed it again, Gareth McShea. You must have read this. With a touch of spice, and oh. they say, deep berry to balance the sweet undertones. Uh, influenced by the red wine creates a unique short dry finish and it encourages you to take another sip. You must have read this, because there's no way this, you you're that good.
1: Because, uh, like, j- just for all of you listening in about, what was it, about f- six weeks ago, I was in, in, in Charlottesville with Brian, and he kept complimenting me on my palate to the point where he thought I was cheating, right? <laughs> and, <laughs> Well, I wasn't cheating. Well, there's certain stuff I can taste and smell, and then there's other stuff I'll probably get completely wrong. Uh, um,
0: yeah. Well the beauty of the okay. beauty of it though, it's what you taste and what you take away from the from the encounter with the whiskey. You know, these these are very skilled and very well marketed catchphrases that a lot of uh, distilleries use. Um, yep. but uh, but again I think the more you taste it, the more you kind of pay attention to it, uh, it does you start you will be able to start classifying and understanding. Like I said, if you would have poured that for me and I would have had no clue and a blind taste, I would not have told you that was an Irish whiskey. I would have said probably Canadian or some sweet finished American something. Um, But again, that one kind of freaked me out. And and Teeling is also based right in downtown, I believe Dublin. Um, Let me look real quick. Um, So if you are making a trip uh, to the Emerald Isle, uh, I would say give uh, Teeling a look if you're in the Dublin area. Uh, been around
1: since the 1800s, I believe. Um, or, or you can come to Dublin with us on our next golf trip, and, and we'll do. We'll and we'll we're definitely going there. Pastimes. Yeah, no, I agree. I think to me, uh, Teeling I like because they're they're taking
0: the conventional and making it unconventional. So I think mm-hmm. Teeling again, they're kind of they're kind of pushing buttons and doing things a little different. So uh, very impressed, um, with that one. And now we're going to jump over to our next, uh, sampling. And this one to me is, is a sample that I fight with some days. I love it. Some days I don't. Uh, so this is what we you, uh, call it green spot.
1: Call it, oh, I thought you were going to call it Anita. Uh,
0: no, no. <laughs> she doesn't like me very much at all. Most days. But I do surprise her occasionally. Um, this one, again, is dating back to the kind of the... So a lot of the spot whiskies are going back to the more traditional route. So they're going back to how whiskey was made in the 1800s. Where teeling was like, okay, everything we learned in the 1800s, eh. Green spot, yellow spot, red spot, gold spot, blue spot. Sounds like a Dr. Seuss book. Uh, they, they are going back to more of the recipes that were conventional in the 1800s. And these are also single pot stills. And we've talked about pot stills in the past. So a column still, traditionally, a lot of times when the grain whiskeys are made that they basically run alcohol continuously. Uh, They bring the mash through it and they run it continuously and pour and get alcohol out of it continuously, right? So it's just a continuously running column of of distilling and creating alcohol. Pot stills, think of just a big pot. Uh, They fill it up they bring it up they evaporate the alcohol and they basically can only run what's in the pot and when the pot is done they dump it clean it put in the next batch and go so again more traditional less efficient compared to a column still but again pot stills are what separates Irish whiskey more than anything is the fact that they take the time and create small batches of mash and distilling and spirits Uh, using the pot still so so again green spot is that and I don't want to give too much information on the green spot before we taste it so we we smelt it earlier and you came up with to me definitely getting I so I can smell the barley in this so to me I can smell that malted barley flavor like being in a bakery definitely getting a lot of fruit I'm getting apples here I would go with I would go with apples. And 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 traditionally what you would see a lot of with a lot of Irish whiskeys is you kind of get that Jameson green apple kind of that green crisp apple flavor. But yeah, I would agree. Then let's go taste it.
1: very different to the lings, isn't it it's not
0: even close it? nowhere near as yeah. that the tealings was really really sweet to me this one is i think this one's smoother than the tealings i mean this thing went down ungodly smooth i get more but it, but it, uh, it, it's a longer finish definitely on the back end there's definitely more to it the tealing was a little dry a little fast and the kind of exits this one sits for a little bit longer Today's a good day with with green spot. I swear some days I taste it and it burns and I just ah today it's today's a good showing for the green spot um, It's not shy def- though Brian like it, it lets you know it exists No no, there's definitely yeah it, it's a little punchier I would say definitely yeah. a little punchier, a little more oaky, a little more you know a little again a little more spice barley, oak, more traditional whiskey. Uh again when I think of an Irish whiskey to me green spot is a very traditional Irish
1: whiskey I'll tell you what I I would be hard pushed if you said to me right now you have to drink one or the other I would be hard pushed to pick one up
0: I... Yeah I I wouldn't turn either one of them away if anybody offered me that And and what I've it's kind of funny now I've kind of gotten into this and I think this relates to golf a lot too <laughs> I'm coming in in this with completely eyes wide open. I just want to be impressed and, and just kind of shocked, right? I'm, I'm looking Seriously, to- Seriously,
1: right? You're not just going to oh, keep your head down, keep your left arm straight and swing
0: slowly? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so the beauty is every encounter I have with a whiskey, I'm coming in completely, I don't care if it's, Can- well, Canadian, not a big fan, but I don't care if it's Canadian, Irish, Scotch, American whiskey, bourbon, okay, Japanese whiskey was a terrible fail, but I think I picked an awful bottle. So I'm going to go find a new bottle and give it another shot. But I'm coming into these completely just want to want to take it for what it is, right? Kind of living in the moment of here's a whiskey, here's something new, try it. What I'm starting to find, and I know this is in the golf industry, is there's a lot of people like, I only drink bourbons or I only drink scotches. Scotch is the best whiskey and you have to drink it this way. And I'm just sitting there going, there's so much more to the world than than being isolated to this one I can only drink Macallan, twenty-four year old, and and it's got to be one and a half ice cubes and a dash of. Nah, who cares, right? So I think it's kind of funny that as I'm getting more into this, I'm kind of like I just want to learn and enjoy it. I've run across some people that are like I just can't drink an Irish whiskey. It's just it's just not enough, or or I have to have that peat flavor. It's not a real whiskey. So how how do you see that closed mindedness for a lot of whiskey drinkers uh uh translate into the golf industry oh that teed that one up boy that's a <laughs> yeah
1: yeah yeah two little two little testers deep and bb's throw me under the bus that's the first thing i've noticed whiskey is just whiskey brian is like i need to survive this um <laughs> it's a truth detector i guess i guess the, the the thing with with that approach is you you know what you know and you're comfortable with which i get right that's 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 fine but You'll you'll never know what you don't know until you dip your toe into some slightly different amber colored water, right? And and uh, try trying different things can either confirm that which you thought you already knew when in fact it was probably just a strongly held opinion, or you might you might discover something that opens up just so many different avenues and different worlds for you that it it blows your mind. And and um, I, I I what I tend to see a lot in golf, Brian, right? When, I, when I'm working as a coach, and even with the best players that I work with, and we're all guilty of this, is they, they tend to have certain drills they'll keep going back to, they tend to have certain approaches that keep going, and they tend to do more of something even when it's highlighting that it's like we look at the data a lot and we talk you and I about the data a lot, and there's times we'll look at a player and go, what they're doing is trending in the wrong direction, and yet when I talk to them, they'll say, well, I'm just going to do more and more and more of what I'm doing because at a certain point you'll break through, and I'm like, oh, no, you won't at a certain point you know you're going to have a cascading failure all systems break down because one part of your game is just going to pull on the other parts um look some people i would say i have encountered over the years i'm going to be very very diplomatic here and they, they they struggle with what they perceive as anything that could be considered a challenge to their current approach or their current way of thinking or and by the way that's that's a massive sign of insecurity to me that's that's somebody who's just I, my, my bubble has to be intact at all times. I think you and I would be very similar. Mark, the same Jamie Donaldson, the same. We we like to discover stuff and go, Oh, never thought about it like that before. Never had that experience before. Hey, let's go and try it. And if we don't like it, we can always go back to what we used to do anyway. Yeah,
0: no, I agree. I think, I think a lot of times I, I've learned is is once people find something that works, they just don't let it go. And mm-hmm. like, to me inside of whiskeys, if I would have taken my attitude with whiskeys and said so they all taste the same. They, you just put it in a glass and you throw it back. You hold your nose and pray it doesn't burn everything on the way down. Like the day I actually did my first tasting with three different whiskeys and said, all right, let's actually see if I can find different flavors and notes. My mind was just like, Whoa. and I think, I think to me, a lot of times in golf, I'm the same way. I think I found the best way to teach something. And then we do a clinic, and all of a sudden we're starting to talk about make a fist. Well, you can't with a pinky. And I have a player that has you know, basically trying to grip the club too much, like way too firm. So I have them release the pinky and releases the grip. And then I have them release the, the thumb because they had some rotation issues. So then now they're putting with just these fingers, with these fingers out. And now they have complete control of the face. They have very good grip pressure. And everything just changed instantly. And I did not know that, you know, before before we were hanging out, you know, in, in Ireland and, and that it, when we kind of talked about that stuff, like that just didn't even, I didn't even know it and then now i'm like well now you have grip pressure you can just simply release your pinkies feel what that looks now put your pinky on can you create that pressure again you know so so again we as coaches and players we've got to come into every situation going yes we're trying to achieve something but we've got to be willing to do kind of what you say all the time do something different if if you're achieving at this level and you've continued at this level and you're getting the same stuff just do something different and i think a lot of times in the golf industry people don't think they're rewarded for being different you know they it again it's a traditional do it this way that way and again green spot teeling did it completely different both wonderful drinks gave me completely different experiences and i i appreciated each one
1: yeah yeah so, and all right. you know let's let's remember by the way doing something different does something very, very important that people don't perhaps appreciate enough. It, it untethers you from the current patterns. You are a prisoner too, and you won't realize you're a prisoner too, but if people were to actually take a snapshot of their lives over the course of a week, um, we, we all operate pretty much in autopilot. We get out of bed, we put on our socks in a certain order. We do X, Y, and Z. They're all kind of neural pathways operating in the background. The minute you do something different, the brain and nervous system go, well, I don't know what I'm supposed to do here. You've opened up different portals. I yeah. think that's huge.
0: No, I agree. I agree. I think it's, you know, it's it, it's definitely a mindset issue, right? If if I'm if I go into a situation open-minded, willing to do things different, it's amazing where even though that piece might not be the piece that that takes you where do you want to go, but that that's the door that opens up a, another door that opens up another door that leads you in a direction that you would have never you know, never found if you were like I'm going to continue to do my coach says I only can do these three putting drills and I have to wait like, 103 footers before I can leave the putting green, you know, those kind of, you know, very rote, very, this is what you do to become a champion. And, 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 you know, so, you know, just as a player, be a little more open-minded, be a little more creative, have certain days where you just do weird stuff, fun stuff, push, push the, you know, push the uh, ideas out there. You can always fall back into comfort and and there's drills that you like, but have a day or two where you do things a little crazy. And I would say the th- same thing for any whiskey drinkers. If you're set in a single type, single style, it's fun to go out there and try something different. You know, we're, we're humans. We're looking for experiences. So uh, I think, to me, change those when you can. Um, so at the nose, what Green Spot would say? So we'll see how good Gareth McShay was. Uh, ar- uh, aromatic oils and spices, orchard fruits, <laughs> nailed it. Uh, barley. And a background of toasted wood. I don't get a I didn't get a lot of the wood, but I definitely the orchard fruits I would say with the apples. And like I said, I got tons of barley. I got tons of that malt smell. Gareth McShay nailed it again. Uh, taste, a uh, full spicy body, I'd, I'd buy that. Hints of cloves along with fruity sweetness and green apples. Uh, round rounded off with toasted oak. Definitely get that oak finish. Followed by lingering flavors of spices and barley. I do get barley on the back end. I get that kind of that barley malted flavor kind of sitting on my tongue. So that's what Green Spot says you should taste. Uh and uh, Green good, Spot is a whiskey good you taste, don't could uh, yeah. taste. <laughs> yeah, it's all right. That's what that's what they say you should taste. Um Green Spot is a whiskey you don't throw around. It is very very unique style. It is very full in your mouth and it is very mellow. It's kind of their their generic write up of Green Spot. Um, so between tealing, if, if we had a gun to your head and we said you ha- you can only drink one of these for the rest of your life, which one would you would you fl- uh, kind of lean towards the tealing or the actual green spot?
1: Well, I, because I like different, I'm gonna ask you for a half pour of each. <laughs> <laughs> can, can I blend them? <laughs> <laughs> by the way, how much how much is a pour in the United States? Because I'm looking; these are. These are, I think, 50 mil bottles I have here. So what's that? Uh, so
0: 50 would be just under an ounce or under two ounces. So that would be, I would say, in the States, what would these costs? So uh, tea lean is right around a $40 bottle. So you'd probably be looking anywhere from probably 12 to $18 a pour. Uh, green spot would probably be just a hair higher, uh, looking in the 20s. And i know at red breast i just had it the whiskey jar which is our local drinking establishment i think i paid 25 dollars for uh and
1: in what the size state is the pour by what's, uh ounces, ounce, ounce. 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 so that'd be 60 plus it's um, i'm looking at it here pal yeah. it's it's about one and, 70, and a half would be it's about 75 ml.
0: about 75 ml
1: would in the states uh, no it's 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 45. what's that one fluid ounce is i've just googled. oh yeah be 40 ounce. i'm sorry yeah it'd be 45 yeah 30 so 30 to 45 yeah so it is it is literally pretty much one of these little bottles pretty boxes. much one of those
0: would be a yeah this would be a a traditional pour here in the states
1: yeah. um uh, so I always hear people say make it a double what does that mean make it a double means you do a double <laughs> pour
0: <laughs> so you would drink <laughs> two of them <laughs> <laughs> or uh, uh something that they did in the states a long time ago they actually call finger pours so you pour one finger, two finger is kind of a traditional pour, uh, three fingers would be kind of a double. Um, so they used to do that, but the problem was is every bartender's fingers were different widths, um, so pours were a little more creative. Um, so depending on the bartender, you would either score on that or totally get screwed over. Um, so definitely want to find the big beefy dude with the big fat fingers pouring your whiskey back in the day. <laughs>
1: Right. Okay. Yeah. 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 The, the the, the, the slim,
0: good-looking bartender was not not the route you wanted to go back with finger pours. Uh, the I guess the really cool thing about spot before we move on is where did where did the green spot where did the spots get their name? I think this is pretty interesting. So red, yellow, blue, and green. Uh, the Mitchells uh, matured their whiskey in cask under the streets of Dublin, in their network of underground cellars. Um, there were fortified wine casks where they filled exclusively with Jameson Spirits from the Bow Street Distillery. So in the beginning, Spot and them did not distill their own whiskey. They actually took Jameson's whiskey, put it in their own barrels, and created their own kind of uh, mm-hmm. unique take on, on Jameson's. And these were marked uh, with dropped spots of paint, identifying how long they'd been in the barrels under the streets of Dublin. So a blue spot would be seven years, green spot, 10, yellow spot, 12, red spot 15. so when you actually see the spot that is actually telling you how long it was distilled in the barrel um so that was kind of their uniqueness um for the green spot all right yeah. so now let's do our last tasting for today
1: uh, uh, you said, you did that to me the last time in charlottesville and i got all upset because we only had 15. <laughs> that's right well we we can keep going I guess I don't really have to work today. (laughs) I guess I don't
0: really have to work today. Um, Let me open up Redbreast here. Um, I think to me, Redbreast is probably the first of the whiskeys I drank that it all kind of makes sense. It was, you know, to me this was an expensive bottle back in the day, looking at about sixty-five to seventy dollars a bottle, Um, but. It came with a, a such a unique taste and flavor that I had in smoothness I've just I had never witnessed up to that point. So I think to me Redbreast was kind of the the, the one drink um, that really kind of uh, changed my trajectory on whiskeys. and then of course when I was in Dublin, I was giving crap because I was enjoying red breasts as the boys were drinking that slop of pints uh, and I was just sitting back and enjoying a lovely pour. At maybe three to
1: four times the value. However, I'm worth. It. Yeah, yeah, and we were in a kitty kitty situation that time. So yeah, you you properly screwed us. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that
0: is called well played, Mister Bailey. Well played. All right. So so we'll look at red breast. Uh, go ahead and give us our, our sampling here. I'm getting very lots of fruit I mean lots of fruit for me with again I'm getting a little bit of spice little to me it's it's green spot but a little more steroid so the flavors are a little more I, I can pull out a little more fruit I can pull out a little more spiciness and I think I even get a little bit of wood and if you think about it it's been in the barrel probably two years longer than that of a green spot so we should kind of Irish is you really you start to get a lot of wood flavoring after 10 uh, because your climate is very temperate Uh, it you know it it doesn't pull in and out of the barrel like in the States they say kind of the perfect you know aging for a bourbon is about seven years but our summers are hot 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 winters are cold 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 so it's moving in and out of the barrel a lot where typically Ireland and Scotland it moves less but Wow. You can't go wrong with that. (laughs) You cannot go wrong with it. I have yet to give Red Breast to anybody, Red Breast 12, and them not like it. Like, oh, everyone's kind of like, oh, ooh.
1: (laughs) Uh, What do you get out of it when you taste it? My favorite thing about it so far is it's it finishes quite long and just when you think it's over you get that little tongue tingle of that that kind of spiciness and they and you're going oh you're
0: getting a little bit of that oak at the very end it's like just starts yeah. to dance your
1: tongue a little bit i agree it's like that little bonus song at the end of a concert you weren't anticipating it and there it is you're like oh this is the best ever so yeah that, that part to me is the rest of it um i'm gonna call it okay here we go like but I'm I'm going to say that there's more going on here so I'm going to call it more complex than the green spot definitely more complex than the tealing. um I could see me in a smoking jacket not that I have one my tweed hat I do hello Hannah hats of Donegal and uh I could see me sitting back and and just rather enjoying one of these things you know looking over my estate yes so I no I it. It. or so your backyard smoking jacket Smoking <laughs> jacket of the state short of making that happen <laughs> hmm Gameforge smoking jackets. Hmm.
0: No. There you go. <laughs> I, I agree. to um to me this is like this is a quintessential good, good Irish whiskey. I've had I've had Redbreast fifteen, I've had Redbreast uh what's the other one that they do with a different sherry? I've had pretty much every red breast except for the twenty one or the twenty seven because I can't afford it. Um yep. but t- yet. But to me, I always come back to Redbreast 12. To me, it's just, to me, this is kind of my anchor, my home. You know, again, if I go anywhere in the world, if I pull up, ask for a Redbreast 12, I know exactly what it's going to taste like within the margins. You know, it's all, it always, it can be a little bit of flavor change. Uh, but again, I know I'm going to enjoy. And like I said, too, um, even like us, when we sat at the whiskey jar when you were here in the States, we had another coach with us that, that drank a bunch of bourbons and things like that. And we gave him uh, the red breasts and he was just like, Ooh, I've never, I have never drank anything that tasted like this. So I think, I think the really cool part is it's uh, it's a very satisfying, like I said, I spend many nights sitting down, going through a bunch of data with one of these sitting in my hand Uh, because again, it's just
1: refreshing. Yeah. Brian, it's almost like the teeling is that kind of, experimental teenager you don't really know what you're going to get until you get it yep the green spot is rock solid it's 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 more than it's more than average it's it's definitely a step above but then then, then you you get into this and this is kind of like yeah well here's the granddaddy this is the, this is the head of the of the mafia family and everybody else is just kind of playing along yeah, that's right it's almost like life
0: you, the tealings kind of teenage years green yeah. spot is i'm in the grind it's very good. The accountancy years. Yes, I, I, I'm starting to build uh, a name worth, and then kind of red breast is now. I can sit back and look at everything that I've accomplished up at this point, and it's quite lovely.
1: <laughs> and, and you have, and you have no desire to impress anybody, nor do you need external kind of uh, validation. You're like, nah, I'm, I'm good here. I know what I am and who I am. That's I'm right. Redbreast
0: 12. So, what Redbreast says off the nose, what you should get is a spicy, fruity aroma with toasted wood notes. Um, so, again, kind of what Green Spot said, but I, again, to me, it's just a little stronger, a little more um, easy to pull those smells out. Taste, yeah. um, complex. So, they use the same word. Silky smooth. I would agree. A harmonious balance of spicy, fruity, and sherry and toasted notes. So, Redbreast does finish in a sherry barrel so that's where you get a little of that extra sweetness but again it's in the barrel longer so we're definitely starting to get some of that oak flavor um, finish satisfyingly long I would agree Com- complex flavors that linger on the palate so again to me Redbreast sits on the tongue um, for a very long time where like I said teeling kind of gave you all its flavors ran around real fast and kind of just exited uh, green spot was a little longer Gave you a little bit more, but it exited rather quickly in relationship uh, to Redbreast. So again, that's just you know the way that. And again, I would say Green Spot and Redbreast would be very similar on mash bills and and kind of how they create. They're both pot stills. I would say they're very similar. Technology going into the barrel, it's what they do and how they age it in the barrel that kind of really changes the the flavor profiles of the two. Uh, I
1: I love Brian I love the um the lingering effect of the red breast like you still keep getting it a, a, quite a long time after you've you've had a little tipple of it and it's like uh kind of it kind of caresses your entire mouth in different ways and a little little spice and yeah, yeah this, this is uh it's it's I haven't had that before I'm I'm, I'm properly impressed. So now you need to go walk across the street to your
0: local whiskey store and you need to put a a bottle of Red Breast 12. A, a, a I
1: got, I
0: got proper miniature bottle. bottle.
1: I got half a minute left here, pal.
0: <laughs> I got three quarters of a proper bottle left. Um, and then that way you can uh, uh, have that for the next time you have your American friends. You can talk a little bit about Irish whiskeys. Uh, give you a little idea of kind of what the write-up is. Made from a mash of malted and unmalted barley. And then it's triple distilled in copper pots. Redbreast 12 boasts flavor, complexity, and distinctive qualities of a pot-stilled whiskey, matured in combination of bourbon-seasoned American oak, uh, oloroso sherry-seasoned Spanish oak butts, which are barrels. It's funny they they all the the terminology in the whiskey world. Uh, the distinctive Redbreast sherry style is a joy to behold in each and every bottle. Um, so again, it's got the American oak. That's why I think we're getting a little more oaky than we got from the 10-year uh, green spot which is french uh you're getting a little bit more bold oat flavors which is going to bring a little of that vanilla a little more spice to it um i think what's really cool is it's malted and unmalted barley and the really interesting part is why so malted is barley right they, they trick it to, to sprout that's how they malt it with water and then they stop it so they knew the enzymes were unmalted they're just going to grind it up and use the the barley that way and the reason they did that was the tax man. So what, what all these uh, countries and states and localities did is they said, all right, you're using a lot of unmalted uh, barley in your, in your whiskey, so we're going to tax you more on, on malted barley. So what did the whiskey makers do? Well, they're not taxing us on just regular barley. So we're just going to start grinding up regular barley, mixing it with the higher tax malted barley, and they created a new batch of whiskeys. Uh, so, so that's anytime you see unmalted barley means basically they were avoiding taxes, <laughs> goes back to the creative ways of, uh, the human experience, moving around, uh, government and
1: taxation. Yeah. It shows you, if you don't think differently, you're just going to have to pay the taxes. You're just going to have to pay the taxes. That's right.
0: So, uh, hats off to Redbreast for creating a brand new uh, product. Uh, because they wanted to keep a little bit more in their pocket, um, but again, taxes on alcohol is insane. If you ever really, if you ever get a chance to sit down with a distiller and say, "What does it cost for you to make a bottle?" and what what is it, what are you charging, and what goes to the actual government, you'd be amazed by how much uh, alcohol is actually taxed around the world. Absolutely amazed. In the states, it's about sixty percent so 60 percent of the cost of a bottle really is taxes um i was reading up on bourbons kind of how bourbons took over the u.s and other than the fossil fuel industry in, the, in america there is no other uh, area that has been taxed more that has built more bridges more schools more roads than alcohol Uh, other than the the actual energy sector Uh, so anytime that uh, people are ripping on alcohol and how bad it is i said hey your school was funded by my drink that road you (laughs) just drove in here on was funded by my drink uh so there therefore uh again it is your civic duty to sit down and enjoy a good whiskey every once in a while you buying
1: that (laughs) Uh, I mean it'd be, it'd be, if you buy into that folks, by all means go with it. I didn't say it, Brian did. <laughs> so, that little that little I don't know I don't know where that, where that came from. Well it probably came from Red Breast, red breast twelve.
0: Things. Uh with the green spot lead in which with the tea link starting the day. Um so uh so th- those are our flights for today. Again, all Irish whiskeys. All uh, other than teeling all relatively similar teeling kind of came out of the you know came out of left field there it's something a little different but again to me
1: yeah
0: as i line all of these up i would definitely go red breast one i would say 2a two 2b two i i'm really having the trouble separating these two because they're so different um uh, if i wanted something in the summertime sweet and lively i would probably go teeling i would say fall and winter to me the green spot would be much cozier of a drink um so i think environment would change uh which one i would grab for but again red breast 12 i would grab that any time of the year under any circumstance and sit down and enjoy a, a drink with a friend how about yourself gareth how would you rate the three
1: i think the the, the teeling is when you're in kind of experimental mode the green spot is when you're in a, that that pair of comfortable pajamas or slippers that you like to wear right and the red breast is when you want to feel like a king <laughs> you feel like you, a king you, you sit back and survey your kingdom and then whatever your kingdom looks like from wherever <laughs> you're sitting just enjoy it and, and red uh, breast
0: we're looking for a sponsorship just three bottles of whiskey would be would be lovely <laughs> would, would be a start it would be a start there you go yeah but uh well well so this is going to wrap up our happy hour um thank you gareth for taking your time and, and experiencing a couple different whiskies with me uh we talked a little golf a little life hopefully brought a little humor and a little education all in this wonderful podcast thanks spider bracket and we'll go ahead and exit out gareth mcshay any any irish toasts or sayings that would would be a, a good closure uh to this
1: actual podcast oh i'm gonna have to think about that for a, uh for a second brian all right no problem we have an uh, edit button. you 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 can give me a traditional uh american one in the meantime uh wow that's a
0: good one um i don't know many really good toasts in the states they're usually very childish and have sex involved in them <laughs> my wife would probably not be real happy if i did the uh yeah keep it between the the ditches and in the no no, anyways uh (laughs) america's not traditionally not very good on the
1: on the uh the the toast (laughs) Uh, i mean the 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 old classic but obviously these are religious based on the irish one would be um may your troubles be less and your blessings be more there you go that sounds very irish very friendly very very kind uh, almost
0: canadian but <laughs> uh, all right guys mcshay i appreciate it and we will uh bring you back in the future thank you so much it's
1: launch this has been a fuel
0: production